So a couple months ago, I was watching a TikTok video. That's right, a TikTok video of uh, some coaches that were providing scholarships to walk-on athletes. And I came across one of them and I was intrigued by that. And I actually even sent it to my buddies. Well, a couple months later, obviously, I'm, I'm searching for stories that I think would be unique to bring onto the show. And I found this this young man who plays for Lamar University. He's a collegiate athlete. Um, and come to find out, he was actually the player who was on that video. I didn't know it at the time, but everything, you know, I connected the dots and figured that out. And today, we're going to hear his story. It's a story of perseverance, hard work, you know, dedication, and, and love for what you're doing. Um, you're going to learn about the influence that the leaders in his life, both his parents, his coaches, and everyone else had on him for his work ethic and how he was able to manage all the things that were put on his plate at such a young age, all up until he was able to receive a scholarship for football. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. What time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru Podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. As you guys heard in the introduction, we've got an awesome, awesome interview coming your way. Another story that needs to be shared here on the podcast, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Now, what's funny about this is, you know, a couple months ago, it went, I don't even know how long, maybe two months ago, it was a TikTok video I came across of a coach. Uh, I love watching like when when scholarship athletes get, or walk-on athletes get their scholarships. Well, what actually drew my attention to this video was the fact that the coach called the restaurant BW3s. Um, I asked my buddies, I, I sent this message out to my friends. I was like, have we ever called this BW3s? And anyways, a couple months go down, I, I end up you know, connecting with our guest here, which I'll introduce here in just a second. And I realized, holy crap, that's the guy that was on that video. You're kidding me. Like, And that didn't even actually um, connect with me until two days ago. Um, and this has been a couple months ago. I'm like, holy cow. So anyways, funny, funny story, how it all comes full circle. But today we're talking to the woo shorts. Woo shorts is, is, is what we'll call them today. So woo, thanks for joining the show, brother, and uh, being willing to share your story, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. So first things first, tell the audience uh, where you're currently playing football at so that they kind of know where you're at. And then we're going to rewind the clock and get to know your story a little more. Gotcha. So I play Lamar University. It's a Division One FCS school. We just moved this first upcoming fall is going to be our first year in the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. We used to be, and we're in the Southland for since we've been playing football. We've been in the Southland, but we just moved over to the WAC conference. It's going to be our first fall playing that one. The one coming up. Oh, sweet! So a lot of people here in Boise, we're familiar with the WAC because that's kind of where Boise State got mm -hmm. like it's it's big you know, push in the really? early 2000s all the way through up. So that's awesome. So you're at Lamar. What position do you play? I'm an H-back. This is tight end, but in today's, you know, modern offenses, we refer to it as H. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a little insightful there for those who are just <laughs> casual fans. Just understand, okay, he's an H-back. He's a weapon. That's what he is. He's a, he's yeah. an asset to his team. So uh, he's an athlete. So 
Wu, before you got to Lamar, you have a unique story even at Lamar. You were a a, a crazy, crazy good athlete, but I want to I want to learn more about your high school experience and kind of what it was like from recruiting, um, from what it was like just playing in the high school level, uh, where you were at, and uh, what you learned through that process. So, where did you play high school ball, and how was your high school experience? Well, I had a, I probably had one of the best high school experience just as far as like friends and winning games and whatever. I went to Atascacita High School. It's a 6A, which is like the highest level of football. You know, Texas is football is the thing one in Texas. So we're the highest level of high school football in Texas. And we had a very good team. My senior year, we actually made it the furthest in school history. And it's like still the furthest to this day. We made like to round right before a state champion and then ended up losing to a state champion. So, but yeah, I went to Atascacita High School. I was a, I played four years on varsity. My freshman year was just, in the playoffs, but played three, four seasons on varsity, became a starter my junior year. Like I said, we had a really good team. Like on that team, I think we have three or four people who are going to be in the NFL within the next like two years from that I played with personally. So it's a lot of talent that comes in and out of that high school, relatively new. Wow. Okay. So just for the record, everyone was listening. You're in Texas. You're in the mm -hmm. highest classification of texas football so like mm -hmm. just so you know that's it's the top of the top yeah, yeah. and you were a four-year varsity player mm -hmm. um so you you had quite the experience it shows that you were quite the athlete now if i'm not mistaken your senior year if i'm not mistaken maybe it was your junior i can't remember but what year did you get um didn't you make all houston i can't remember which which year was that, yeah, that you got the, i mean you balled out my junior year, I think I was I was second team on district. It was my first year playing offense. I played linebacker up until from my high school career up until my junior year, and I moved to offensive side of the ball. Ended up being second team on district, and then my senior year, I was a first team on district selection, first team on Houston selection. So, and a lot of good athletes come out of Houston. So to be a first to make all Houston team is a pretty 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 good accomplishment for me. I'd say I think that's awesome, man. Okay, now I want to actually pick your brain real quick too. Moving from defense to offense, I mean, were you playing defense basically your whole football career, even when you were younger, or was it kind of you were doing both sides there too? Because yeah, you know, when you're younger, literally everybody played both sides of the ball. The best player, you know, if you're a good enough player, you're not gonna come off the field in little league. So I was, I actually played quarterback because when we were <laughs> younger, I kind of was the only one who could like throw the ball a little bit. So like I played quarterback up until. I got to high school, and then there was a guy who we we're in the same grade. We came in high school at the same time, and he was an actual quarterback and, like, knew what he was doing. So I moved to um, just focus on defense. I like defense more anyway. Like, growing up, I played linebacker, so I love playing defense. And that's why I made varsity as my sophomore year as a linebacker. And then we had, uh, we had like, two or three older guys who were seniors who they were going to play, and the coach was like, if you want to be on the field, you can come over to offense, and we're pretty sure you'll find somewhere to play. So I ended up moving over to offense. And luckily, I had an older brother who he ended up being like a four-star recruit player at Texas Tech for a few years. And he was older than me. So when I moved over to offense, I was just like, all right, help me out. You know, so it, it, I was kind of the only one in my family who wasn't an offensive player. My dad was a receiver. My brother was a receiver. I was the only one who kind of gravitated to the defensive side. So that switch back, it wasn't too hard at all. It's kind of just fell back and got back in my element a little bit. No, I dig that. It's funny you mentioned the, the little league stuff too. Usually the best athletes are playing quarterback and then, yeah. you know, they 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 weed out into the right positions as they get older. Mm -hmm. Now, um it, it's also cool that you have that. I didn't know that you had the, you know, it's basically the pedigree there. You know, you got the mm -hmm. you got your 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 dad, you got your brother 
that could could teach you the, mm-hmm. the way that you needed it. So you go over right. what I, what I'm like super surprised with is how quickly you adapted to the offensive side of the ball. So it, what people don't realize if they're a casual fan is like, yeah, defense and not like if you're an athlete, you're just on the field. But there are intricacies to the game that you have to understand and i guess you said it you, you were able to pick it up pretty quickly but what was the most difficult thing for you Wu, when you came from defense over to offense to be able to contribute immediately what was the most difficult thing for you trying to get used to i think the hardest part is when you're on defense it's kind of like you have your assignment and then you're just reacting and playing football like it's aggressive downhill trying to make plays on offense you're still trying to make plays but it's a lot more thinking and Little interest, interest, key, intric- what's the word? Intricacies, intricacies. Yeah, yep. intricacies yep. that um, like go in like as the play's going on. Like so, I'm learning like if I have like an option route, I have to have my eyes on the DB as I'm running full speed, and I don't know which way I'm going until I get to five yards. So that's the it's a lot more thinking that goes on in on the offensive side of the ball and knowing your assignments and like. Like on defense, I really only have to know my assignment. Like, okay, I got the A-gap, boom. I got the A-gap, if it's passed, I'm dropping back in the curl. But on offense, it's like, all right, if the DM plays, tell me I got them all to myself. But if the DM plays down, I'm working with the tackle. And, you know, so it's just so much different stuff that it's a lot more thinking involved on the offensive side of the game. I hope those who are listening understand that, like, it's it's not easy. And so, I, you know, I, I told you this before we started recording. I hated when people called – athletes like dumb jocks i hated that phrase dumb jocks i was like please just go into an offensive huddle for a second and listen to a play call and some play calls are super short but some of them aren't you know like i don't know how to say like pro right z wiggle h or 828 h swing on two and people are like what and i'm like yeah literally everybody in the huddle has an assignment based on that cadence and you have to figure it out like and i'm like yeah go listen to a play and then try to try to tell me that they're dumb jocks now like what you're just trying to say there is like every play you've got to know what the defense is doing same as the quarterback has to know what the defense mm-hmm. is doing like everybody's got to they've got to adjust and it teaches you how to adjust on the fly um mm-hmm. and, and do all those things now tell me about your work ethic will because obviously you're able you're an athlete for your varsity player move over to offense and and this is in high school remember we're, we're going to get into the college realm here in just a second but mm-hmm. getting through high school what did your off the field, what did your routine look like? Were you hitting the weights? Were you watching the the the, the film? What did the off season and off the field routine look like for you, man? Like, luckily, we had a like I said, I had a, went to a really good high school program, and our coaches were amazing. So we had a lot of coaches who either played in college or came from like the college coaching level. So we were held to a higher standard than a lot of high school kids are held to. Like we would, when I moved to offense, our receivers coach would have us come in before school. In high school, the first bell rung at 7.25. So we came in before that, and we're catching balls on the jug machine. We're catching 50 balls on the jug machine before we went to our first period. And so just waking up like that and, like, they kind of instilled the hard work it takes to be good at football because it's a lot of people that play football. You might be the best in your at your school, but you're not the best in your district. And if you're the best in your district, you're not the best in your state. So it's always somebody out there that's working just as hard as you are, if not harder. So if you take any time off or you slack back anywhere, you're falling behind. And it's like so, and that's what he used to tell us: like you're not, you're never staying the same. You're either getting better or getting worse because everybody else around you is still working. And so having that thought process and going like growing up, like being from 14 to 18, going through that stuff, it kind of just was natural to me. Like just wake up, work, and then so kind of playing baseball too because I played two sports. And so when it was baseball season, 
I would have to wake up super early, do the lift that the football team was doing in the morning, then go to school during fifth period, we'll go to baseball, after school go to baseball practice, and then after baseball practice, go back to football and do another run that the football team did. And this was when I was a junior in high school along with the five, six classes that you had to take. So it's always been like it's always been what I'm saying. Like I've always been a busy person with a lot of stuff to do, but at the same time, it always felt natural. Like because it's what you want to do, so you're gonna do it. And it just feels natural. It doesn't feel like work. It just feels like what you love to do. I dig that. I think that's that's super insightful and super helpful for a lot of uh, a lot of athletes for that matter. Um, because they get overwhelmed and they think that the hard work, like they don't want to get up early and go like mm -hmm. catching 50 balls off the jump machine. Like I, I tell my, my athletes that I coach for basketball, I tell these young kids they're they're in high school, they're, they're juniors in high school. And I tell them, I'm like, you guys got to get, you know, 500 shots up a day. Uh, that's just going to be the reality. Well, coach, that's going to take two hours. Well, that means you got to wake up two hours early. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. We're going an hour early and an hour after school. Like that's just reality of it. Like, cause it, I love that you said that go catch 50 balls go to class and then you've got everything else going on. But the coaches, I think played a big part in that. Like you said, mm -hmm. just having that mentality and instilling that hard work ethic and just letting you realize like right. mentally, you've got to understand that that's just how it's going to be. Um, mm -hmm. the, the inconveniences that I think a lot of young athletes go through, like they just have to realize like, that's the new normal. All right. Like right. Just, that's it. Your, your life ain't the same as everybody else's lives that are out there. They can go play with their friends every day. Like that's cool. But if you want to play at the next level, you want to get be an elite right. level athlete. You're you're gonna to have to put in the work. And it sounds like you were doing that, like going from sport to sport, and you mm -hmm. just kind of clicked, which is interesting to me. Which is as I'm learning more about you as we're talking, that kind of goes into your college uh, mm -hmm. experience at first. So, talk to us about you know the recruiting process first before you get to college. Did you have any colleges that you were interested in, and how did you even end up at Lamar? Uh, because that was the that's where the story gets really intriguing. Mm -hmm. You're killing it in football, but what was the recruiting process like from your perspective? So it was, it kind of when, like I said, I went to a very good high school program. So I see a bunch of, like my older brother was a four-star prospect. So I see how like a big, a big recruits, recruiting process goes. And you kind of forget that, like, it doesn't happen like that for everybody. Like not everybody's going to have coaches calling them on the first day that you're able to get coaches talking to you. And so I kind of, like during the middle, throughout my senior season, my senior season, we had a lot of coaches come through, you know, and they give you the basic, hey, I'm da -da -da from so-and-so school. We've seen your film. You know, we're paying attention to you. And you get those. And so I had a bunch of schools, like, you know, show a light interest in me. But it – and when I started to realize, like, I wasn't, like, one of the high-end prospects, you kind of realize that you're going you're gonna to get your offers later because that's kind of how the recruiting process works. The big power five schools, they get first pickings out of everybody. And then – the group of five schools see who the power fives intake and they start offering those guys. And then the FCS schools start offering. So it kind of works like that. Um, I think the biggest, well, I was actually fully committed to go play at a division three school up in, in Texas, uh, East Texas Baptist University. I was going to play football and baseball up there at division three school. And I remember uh, like the day before, like signing day in February, I like texted and called like every coach that like showed a little bit of interest in me. Like, hey, is y'all recruiting class full? Da, 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 da. And I kept getting back, yeah, recruiting class four. Like people didn't respond to me, you know? So I kind of got in my got in my head that like, you know, I'm not gonna be signing, you know, to division one school February 5th, like everybody wants to when the big signing day is. So I actually started kind of like after signing day, I kind of just applied for college like a normal kid. I was gonna go to University of Houston and just start working on my engineering degree. 
And then I was at work uh, and a random Mississippi number called me. And I was like, all right, who's this? So I answered. And one of the coaches from ETBU, they called me and they were like, hey, so who are you signing with tomorrow? And I was like, they, they called me like the day before signing day. I was at work. They were like, who are you signing with tomorrow? And I said, uh, nobody. They're like, all right, well, just come take a visit up here and see if you like the school. Da, da, da. So I took a visit up there a week later. And then kind of like in the, at the end of after I graduated high school, I kind of just called them like, hey, y'all, I'll probably end up, you know, signing with you guys and coming to East Texas Baptist and, you know, playing football for y'all. And everybody was excited. I was happy with it. I found somewhere like, you know, that wanted me to go there. I was able to play both sports. It's just the Division three like private schools are very expensive. Right. So kind of like my parents were like, if you want to go, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. But, you know, they – yeah, as much as they didn't want to, it was kind of the thing. And – so August 1st is like when fall camp starts for like division one schools. So just to like see how late it was, I got a call from Lamar July, mid-July, like July 13th, 20th, like around there, like a week or two before they had to report the fall camp. And Coach Ivacek, he was actually at another school when he was recruiting me. And he got a job at Lamar in that offseason somehow. He called me. He was like, hey, so where are you going to school next semester? And I was like, uh, East Texas Baptist. And he was like, you're too good to play there. Come take a visit up here. We got a walk-on spot for you at Lamar. And Lamar's an hour away from my hometown. And it's cheaper. Even though I was going to be a walk-on, it was cheaper than going to the Division three private school. So after having that talk with my parents, it was kind of just like – that was kind of like the first, like, big boy decision I kind of had to make because it was like you have to factor in so much other stuff than just, like, personal needs. Because personally, I just wanted to go to Division three school. They wanted me. I felt wanted there. And I was going to play both sports. But it was like seven, eight times more expensive than just going to Lamar. Right. Yeah. So I was like, in hindsight's always twenty twenty. It worked out. But even then, at the time, I was like, it's Division one school. I have a shot to play. And I'm close to home. It saves some money. Like, And they still have my – Lamar's a very good engineering program. That's what my major's in. So I was like, it's a win-win for everybody. So end up signing and walking on at Lamar. And yeah, that's a, that's where the story started. Man, that is actually really crazy. And you know, it just shows that, like you said earlier, you alluded to it, not everyone's story, not everyone's recruiting process is the same. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always easy for, for these athletes. Somebody that's a stellar athlete may not just may not get the same looks as somebody else. And it, and it sucks, right. but I, I love what I learned from hearing your story there was the grind. And like mm -hmm. you're hearing back from coaches that like, hey, this isn't we're we're mm -hmm. full, we're full, we're full. But what I also learned was the connections you built. Uh, you didn't burn any bridges. You had good connections. You made a good right. impression because obviously the coach that went over to Lamar, who had already been looking at you from another school, mm -hmm. liked you. I think that's a huge thing for athletes to understand that your impression is going to be super, super important. So when coaches mm -hmm. are seeing you, the way you conduct yourself on and off the field or mm -hmm. court or diamond, whatever you're playing, you know. Um, be respectful and then when you talk to a coach you know even if right. you don't even care about their school be respectful you never know mm -hmm. when it might come full circle and help you out so, <laughs> you get over to lamar you're a walk-on you're playing um but here's where this story was interesting and that's kind of what i alluded to earlier in the in the interview was you know you're working you're a walk-on so with a walk-on you're not getting your school paid for like a scholarship athlete you got to mm -hmm. work you got to pay tuition you know and whatever else you're doing so how did you do that because student athletes in high school it's one thing but college athletes it's a whole nother ball game because athletics right. are crazy talk to us about what your schedule is real quickly like 
when you came in as a walk-on, what was your schedule like every single day, including school, sports, and work? So during the season, I would try my best not to work just because with practice every day in games and traveling, it was almost impossible. Right. But like my freshman and sophomore year, and my parents, I have amazing parents. So they like, they didn't want me doing too much. So I was trying to figure out ways to like sneak in the shift here, sneak in the shift here. And they were like, don't worry about it. We'll get, we'll do what we can for you during the season. But in the off seasons, I was working at uh, restaurants. I always serve tables just because it's the, the easiest job. It's money every day. So I was a waiter. So uh, like on a normal off season day, we would <laughs> wake up, lift in the morning, have meetings around like t- 12 or so. We're running at 1.30 to 3.30. And then after runs, I'm showering, getting a quick snack and going straight to work and working from 5 to 10.30. And then waking back up and doing it again. So it was, it was, it was a grind. But at the same time, it was just kind of like something you had to do. And because I'm kind of a little bit too prideful and like I didn't want to have to ask my parents for everything. Like as much because I knew they was going to like find a way to do it for me. But at the same time, I felt like I could figure out a way to do it myself. So that's what I was trying to do. Where like even though I had to add a little, you know, take a few hours of sleep away, or I couldn't do this on the weekend and do this on the weekend. It was just a little sacrifice I had to make. You know what's interesting though, Wu, is the fact that like I've noticed that that's kind of how your mentality was always, and I think it it does stem from your parents. It's obvious that like I'm I'm making these connections in the short twenty minutes we've been talking. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents have set that example of like they'll find a way, they'll figure it out. But you also can figure it out. You've learned that from mm-hmm. them. And you've also had that from coaches and all the examples that you've mm-hmm. had in your life, which I think speaks volumes to the people you surround yourself with. If you're a good leader, whether you're a parent, a coach, any kind of influence to mm-hmm. a young individual, that will obviously you took that to heart and you've been able to to leverage that. You're two years going to work, you know, like you, you figured it out two years of, of playing college sports and going to work, but then. The cool thing was is the viral video. Um, you probably talked about it probably 5,001 times now. I, I don't even know. But that was actually one of the cooler. I love those videos. Um, did you know at the time when the coach was making his announcement, like did, did you know it was being filmed? Did you know that that was coming? Um, or was it a true like surprise? Because And first off, what's BW3s? Why do we call it BW3s? Is Buffalo Wild Wings is what the restaurant is. Why yeah. he called it BW3s, I don't know. I thought it was something that where – where he's from, that's how they call it. I don't know. Everybody else was confused too. But yeah. Okay. Buffalo Wild Wings is the restaurant. It's B Dubs. I'm just gonna B-dubs. say it's B Dubs. Yeah. That's B Dubs. Okay. Okay. Go. Go ahead. I just had to clear that up. So, but nah, it was um it's funny. It was actually like the workout was the day before Thanksgiving. So it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We had a 6 a.m. team run, and everybody was good enough to go home and you know be with your family for Thanksgiving. We had off Thursday, Friday, and the rest of the week. So. It's one of those workouts where nobody wants to be there. Everybody's ready to go home. It's six in the morning. It was kind of cold. I think it was drizzling a little bit, like the absolute worst day to like have to work out. Nobody wanted to do it. And so we get to um, we get there in the morning and everybody's like, all right, let's try and have a positive attitude about this. We're having a bunch of fake energy trying to get through the run or whatever. And we get to the end of the day and coaches starts talking. And everybody's like, oh, we got to listen to him talk too. Like everybody's ready to go. <laughs> And so he um and like I said, we me and the other guy who was in the video, C Will, we had no clue that we were about to get put on scholarship. We just cause me and C Will were just two guys who show up, work, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. We bring like other people, keep the energy level up on a team. So he just we just thought he was like, you know, showing, you know, just kind of showing some examples of 
some guys who've been working hard. And as he's talking, I'm just like, I'm listening, but at the same time, I'm like, all right. And we're listening. And I look, I locked eyes with one of my teammates. He's like one of my better friends on the team. Like, I think we we roomed together. I think my freshman year in the dorms, we hang out. I probably hang out with him more than anybody else on the team. And we locked eyes and he kind of just started nodding his head. I was like, what is he, what is he talking about? And as I'm paying attention, I'm like, oh, maybe he's about to. And I was trying to stay, I don't want to get too excited. So I'm like, let me act cool, act cool, act like I don't, you know. I'm like, maybe he's about to put me on scholarship. Da, da, da. And so he just continued talking. And then when he got to the end, you can see, like, just the, the pure emotion of everybody on the team. Because they've been – those guys have been with me the whole time, too, and they know how hard I've been working and how much – like, everybody on the team felt, I, you know, deserved to be on scholarship a while ago. So just – it was kind of – everybody was happy. Like, it was everybody just rushed. It was full emotion from everybody on the team. That was probably the best part that I got to share with my teammates, having those guys there. I love that, man. And there's a brotherhood aspect to it all. You could see it, the excitement of everybody, excitement from you, your hard work, everything. You came into work, you did it all, um, and and ultimately were rewarded. The last question I have for you, Wu, as we get ready to sign off is, what can we expect to see from Wu Shorts moving forward in the football career, brother? It's going to be – I'm going to be 10 times better athletically, physically, mentally, because now I can just focus on being a football player. This is the first time I've been able to just – I don't have to worry about going to work after I can I can stay after and do some extra reps. I can be in the playbook a little more. I had to this is my first time in my whole career I've been able to do summer workouts. Cause usually I'm back at home and summer workouts working to pay for the semester since I'm not gonna be able to work as much during the season. So this is the first time I had a full summer of workouts to go through, a full summer of strength, conditioning, everything. I'm coming into fall camp at peak condition. Usually I'm coming into fall camp like trying to catch up to everybody else who's been here in the summer. Now I'm locked in and ready to go and this is my last my last year of football so i'm excited it's gonna be some it's a lot of excitement around this program in general we're expecting a lot of big things from us this year heck yeah well i appreciate you joining me brother and sharing that i I look forward to seeing you i hope this was inspiring for other people who have listened to it i hope to stay in contact with you i cannot wait to see you guys at lamar in the whack going to represent so i appreciate you man um, and for all those listening, hey, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go follow Wu and follow Lamar. Check out their journey this season. But, yeah, once again, man, thank you so much for joining me, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Take care, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.